You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Jacob Banks, aka The Truth. He's a man that needs little to no introduction, especially after the craziness that was 2017 and how 2018 has already been a mental year for him. You know this guy. He's someone I respect dearly, and the last time I talked to him, we... It was honestly my number one favorite conversation of this series so far. Luckily, this newest talk lived up to my massive expectations, and man, did we cover a lot of ground in this talk that you're about to hear. But more than anything else, it's us catching up and shooting the shit. And yeah, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. You're listening to the 405 Exchange with Jacob Banks. Enjoy. So before I jump into anything else with you, the first thing I knew I wanted to ask you when I was coming up here was, what did you think of Black Panther? I thought it was absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah? Yeah. I think a lot of it went over people's heads, though. I think there were many subtle, like the fact that it was, the original story happens in Harlem, I think, but they, they the film that happens in Oakland because yeah. civil rights movement happened in, in Oakland. I think there were lots of deliberate things that happened that I think a lot of people didn't catch on to, like Black Panther, Oakland, civil rights. I think a lot of people didn't understand, which they're not supposed to, I suppose. Yeah. Not, not everything is made for the mainstream audience. Some things are made for people like me who always searching for deeper meaning. Some people are made for people who just want to have a good time and every, yeah. every layer is just important. I'm always searching for like an underlying factor because that, that excites me. Some people just want to check out and watch a film. Yeah. So as long as you, you please every layer, whatever people are looking for, I think there was a, there was a super deeper layer that I, I feel like went over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. But um, I thought it was absolutely incredible. And I think more than anything, it, it's the, the representation that was so important just to allow people of disenfranchised groups, it's, it, this argument, black people to to see something that looks familiar and that presents an option that if you want to so be an actor, here, there are examples for you. We have examples of music, we have examples in sports. I think we need to have examples in every pocket allowing young black people to have all their cards on the table to see people that look like them and know oh, that's an option. I can be an actor if I want to, I can be a musician, I can be a lawyer, I can be a doctor. We need all the options just as well as everybody else needs all the options to make an educated guess because I see lots of people that, that I've grown up with who don't know certain jobs exist. People don't know that it's a tour manager job exists. So a lot of people spend their whole lives trying to find their calling but they don't even know it exists. So you, you end up walking around lost thinking it's your fault but the truth is life hasn't presented you with all the options you need to make that guess. Yeah, man. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I thought was interesting going to offer of what you just said, it's amazing how there's not just one layer, but so many different layers going on in that film, but it's also as entertaining as it is, where yeah. it goes to show that there's have to be a matter of compromise for one or the other. Yeah, they, 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 they did it so well. Um, I think they sacrificed action. It wasn't a... Because uh, you, you, if you've seen... Uh, it's all getting too geeky now. Let's do it, though. But if you've okay. seen... Um, Black Panther and Civil War. Yeah. It was all action. He was the he stole the show. He was a 
as a superhero that can be beat by anybody. But so they sacrificed, they still had a little bit of action, but they sacrificed action for the story that needed to be told. And I, I feel like we'll get all the action in, in um, um, Infinity War that's happening yeah. soon. So you get all the action back, but I feel like it's a story that needed to be told, like layers from like, like I said, Civil War, the women, they really empowered women. They went with the women in that film wearing some soft, like damsel in distress. If anything, yeah. the women saved everybody and pulled the whole thing together. So they just they they changed a lot of perspectives. Like you know, it's nice to see women being the saviors, not having to be. Oh, I have to save my. They have my girlfriend. I must go back and yeah. and fight the villain to save the love of my life. It's none of that. If anything, the women were saving all the men and pulling people together. And just so many, so many layers, so many layers and seeing like all these these worlds of empowering so many groups of people. It was, it was a job well done. Yeah, and you know, I have to admit though, one of the things that really surprised me, because I mean, I love the soundtrack, but I was surprised I didn't see your name on it, but you did get that Fifty Shades soundtrack going. Yeah. That's pretty dope. I, I would have, yeah. I, I think Black Panther would have been nice. I feel like they, there's a, I, Ignoring me from the conversation, I think the fact that there was no Afrobeats artist was, you know, I did. I felt like that should have happened. We have many, like Whiskey, David O, Malik Berry, even some of the old school guys like Two Face, DBR, Tony Tetula. There's so many artists I can think of the top of my head that could have contributed if you're celebrating. It depends. It depends what they're celebrating. If you're celebrating, Africa, you celebrated black. Two different things. Like yeah. Black is way more, it all comes from Africa, but depends what they're, they're celebrating. It felt like Africa to me because all the cultures, I saw Zulu culture, I saw like all the markings and everyone that's the tribal marks that's like very West African. So I saw Africa. I also saw black though in Oakland and there was two sides to it. But, um, yeah, it depends what the intention was, but I would have liked to see more Afrobeats artists on the soundtrack. Yeah. But um, I feel you on that. Yeah, but you know, going off uh, what I just brought up, how your, one of your songs in the Fifty Shades soundtrack, uh, let's go into Diddy Bop because yeah. what got me off that track was how it showcased just how versatile your voice is and yeah. how it could be applied to different textures. We've talked about this before and like how your voice can exist in so many different areas, and I do feel like there's been a lot of examples of that. But the way it showcased on that track, I felt like it was just like a nice kind of planning of the flag, like. What was the experience of working on that track for you, that particular track? Um, you know, I remember having a good ass time. I mean, you can you can really tell on the record that it was me, a friend of mine called JP Sachs, and Lewis the Child. So we that was the second song we'd done that day. We did one for the plan was to do two songs, one for Lewis the Child and one for me. So we we wrote one for Lewis the Child for their album, and we wrote did about for my stuff, and we just had a good time. Like it just. We must have wrote that song in like 30 minutes. And then um, I went back on my own to change some stuff. It felt like it needed a proper verse. But um, it was fun. I enjoy, I, I think, I think it's, it's very limited to exist in one space because we're all so multifaceted and as human beings and we feel so many different things I don't always want to sing depressing songs I always don't also want to always sing love songs I sometimes I want to dance sometimes I want to cry sometimes I want to laugh and I think you have to have soundtracks for all these moments and Dinabop is definitely for a, for a soundtrack of times where you just need to feel like you're not the only person in this world and 
someone has your back somewhere. So, um, yeah, I had so much fun making it. You know what I love about you saying that? Because the aspect of fun does come across on the track, but what you just said now about being, rem- like, having songs that could be placed in, like, different moments of your life. Yeah. When I was listening to that song, it almost felt like you as an artist were being reminded of that. Where yeah. you, It was almost like that experience was a reminder that, oh, like, I can have songs that speak of different experiences. Do yeah. you think it's fair to say that sometimes an artist needs that reminder? Yeah. I, I think most of the things artists do is uh, notes to self deep down. Uh, you try to remind yourself and you pretend like you're wiser than your years, but it really it's all a cry for help which is it is that like so you know sometimes I feel like as a person I'm too calculated and sometimes I just need to fucking chill and just have a good time like everybody else so um, yeah I would say it is a note to self I mean it's crazy that um it's just April in uh, 2018 but um there's already been so much that's happened and one of those things is that there's a track that came out that you're featured on remember with uh Cinebo C yeah that's a fucking tune man like and she Thank is you. like one of those artists who just is an artist yeah like what was that like man i just i've been a fan for years so um she dm'd me a while ago asking if i wanted to do it and i was like fuck yeah she said in your dms yeah she said in my dms <laughs> but that's the that's the professional way to do it now uh, it's quicker i think it's it, i think it should happen more because when you're hearing songs from managers and labels it just doesn't have like a human touch it feels like a machine it feels like an automated email being sent out to you but um, I was a massive fan, still am. And um, so we were touring through Europe at the time. So when I hit Stockholm, I, she sent, she sent me a bunch of songs. She asked me if I wanted to jump at any. And she said, remember, it was just an idea. It was kind of like a really long verse. Just her just saying how she felt. And we just kind of went in together with a producer called um, Magnus. And we just structured it, wrote some more parts to it. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of it. And I'm really proud of the video as well. I tried to get out, she shut it in Gambia couldn't get a visa in time but um, it's just a stunning piece it's well thought through it's intentional and um, it just yeah feels it's a, good it's the perfect length as well I remember yeah. when I was watching the clip like kind of being so drawn in that when it ended it's yeah. like I felt the ending of it like I was yeah. like oh this is done right now yeah 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 I think yeah it's good to change it as well I think people always feel like uh, music has to have a structure has to have a verse chorus and this and this sometimes it doesn't sometimes it just because I always tell myself when I'm writing, it's like a story. So you write your first verse, you write your chorus, which kind of rounds up what you're trying to say. If there is no more story to be told, so a couple of the songs on my album are like, I mean at 30, maybe like two or three. But it's like, where you, you fall into the trap of writing a second verse that's pretty much saying the exact same thing as the first verse, just using different words. But I think it's once, once the story is done, just end it. There's no need to, if the story isn't developing, there's nothing new happening in the second verse. In my humble opinion, I would just end the song there. Because it's like, the story's told. And you know, you just speak it to speak with no real message. And um, I try to always just feel feel a song out. Know when it's... And the best way to know that is when I tour songs before I put them out. So when, I, when I'm playing it live, it gets to a point where I feel like I uh, probably should have finished a good 20 seconds ago. So I tour them beforehand just to feel about how it feels to perform them. And then when I go back to finish the records, I just cut it off wherever I feel like this should be done here. It's really good you brought that up because the next thing I really want to ask you is the fact that, I mean, just since the last time I saw you, which was probably, I want to say September, you've played yeah. so many shows already. Like, yeah, yeah. It's insane, man. I just wonder, like, 
how do you feel that you've grown as a performer? Because last time I saw you, you were feeling yourself on stage, right. and like it was interesting to see how dynamic you could be when you're glued to the mic or dancing a bit on the stage. I'm done dancing, but right. like moving about or playing the guitar. Like the show is a show. Yeah, it's very much so, but I think it's it's like shows are <laughs> they go two ways for me. I feel um, I feel a genuine need and an obligation to respect people's time. Because time is currency for me. People have given up their time. Fuck money, money is whatever. You get your money back somehow. But time, you've, cho you've chosen to spend two to three hours in an offering that I've made. And you'll never get those hours back. Regardless of what the fuck's happening in our lives, me and my band, I tell them every day we could have had a worse day. We go up on stage, these people deserve to have a good time. We're gonna give it to them. Whatever it costs, if fucking have to have a sore throat the day after, or whatever. But it's just that's just genuinely how I see it. It's a lot of pressure to invite on yourself, but I feel like it's it's the right thing. Time is. These are people that I've never met, but are also familiar because we have a connection. Because they've taken the time out to hear me moan on fucking records. The least we could do is try. It may not always come through, but we always have to try to have a good time, and that that embodies the show because. We all feel the need to put on a good show, whatever that may cost or whatever that may be. Yeah, and you know, I, I feel like I already know the answer, but like I've been fortunate to be around so many musicians that when they talk about the element of show, so much of it is them taking on the very tangible aspect of it being a job, of like, I'm doing this in my work, and I feel like you must feel that way with how you just talk. Yeah, it's a job, very much so. I think this part of it is a job. I think the creating isn't as much, but once you've, I promised the service. I've said, you're gonna come and I'm going to deliver. And to a certain level, it is a job, but it's still very much love. And it's a blessing to have your love and your job tied into the same thing. It's very much so, like I wouldn't, you know, I have to, I, I've made many promises to the promoter, to my team, like we're gonna do this properly. So we're going to do this properly. There's no two ways about it. I feel like a big blessing for you that must have been uh being able to return to London a few weeks back and playing a show at the fucking forum. Yeah, I that saw some was fun. photos, dude. Like that was fun. That was um, for many reasons. That was fun. I think a lot of my story happened in London. I think all of my story happened in London, starting out and dropping off and starting almost starting again. And it was there were many. There was a surreal moment in that show. I think we played unknown. Well, only about seven. So this is like middle of the set. And there was a standing ovation that lasted about a minute and a half. For no reason. Just people just went crazy. And it was an out of body experience because I started laughing, which sounds ungrateful. <laughs> it really sounds ungrateful. But I remember looking at, at HB, HB's my friend and my drummer and, and Daniel and, and Smooth. I, look, I looked back at them and I was like, I can't believe this is fucking happening. Because there, there are certain things that you may have imagined, a, a, a tiny moment of getting a an ovation like it was I remember my, my my sound guy was telling me his name was Rob he was telling me like he, it, the because we have a a noise meter so we always try to keep all the noise to a certain level because surrounded if it's a an environment where there's people living you have to respect there's a sound curfew yeah. so and it, he said it was louder than the PA system Wow. Like, it was like definitely loud and I was like what the fuck is happening and I'm like I'm familiar with the forum so I'm just imagining like that street in Camden and just people walking by and I'm like what yeah. is that like yeah that was just I, yeah it just 
I put everything into perspective for me because everything could have easily got another way and you know I just pe persevered on love alone and you know you know going into alone because um, last time I saw you you re-released that track and um, it, the song's been able to have like a second life because of right. it and you know I don't think last time we talked the new video came out yet the yeah, new track right. that accompanied it and yeah. I'd love to hear how this video came about and what it means for you as an artist to see your work translated within that. Because I know visuals are so important to you. Yeah. Um, so I wrote and directed that video. And um, I think for me, I wanted to toy with people in a weird way, which has worked out because every time people talk about the video to me, they always bring up a dad and a son issue. But the thing about the video is I wanted to prove to people that there's an underlying issue. Because people always tend to, people like pretend race isn't an issue. They pretend like toxic masculinity is an issue. I mean, it's always kind of like, no, 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 we're good. Like, everyone's fine. But it's like, surely if all these people are saying it's an issue, then it must be. So I wanted to put two guys in a room uh, and not specify their relationship. But show that there's a fault. There's clearly a miscommunication here. And everyone who talks about it says, oh, you know, they ask me how my relationship with my dad is and I always ask them why do you think I have an issue with my dad they'd be like oh because in the video it was a dad and son I'm like well how do you know there's a dad and son I never specified in the video I never showed any sort of dynamic they could have been cousins they could have been lovers they could have been anything but you saw a broken relationship and reminded you of a dad and son relationship because it proves that there's an issue there there's a miscommunication mostly and especially in disenfranchised communities because fathers and sons have so many book battles to fight with society that nurturing a home comes so low in that list unfortunately there's a whole trying to get a job and you don't have the luxury of time to nurture a relationship because everyone's so busy at all the time so um yeah, I, it was really special to me that that message came across and people felt what we were trying to say. That's beautiful, man. You know, I only have a couple more questions for you, but, uh, you know, like, uh, you brought up your album a bit, and last time you were here we talked about it, and I'm just curious, uh, any update on Village? Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah? I think we're done as far as recorded. I need to finish songs once we get off this. But we're on tour for like two months, but... The, the, the tracks that I want in there I just need to finish make some master and it's going to be out in September nice yeah are you allowed to say that like is, is it going to be like a, oh my no, god we'll be fine. for putting this up it's, it's <laughs> going to be out it's going to be out first week of September and it's truly it's my favourite album to listen to outside of me being an artist it's genuinely I have made my favourite piece of work that I have ever heard with my friends like I'm completely over the moon about the subjects, what we've talked about, what we've done. Like, I'm not saying it's the best album ever, but I'm saying for me, it's, I'm like completely proud. I've made all, I've been proud of all my, all the, all the things I've done, but this one, it's, I've just, I, it, it's been more than I could hope for, as far as all the colors I wanted to, to, to paint, it's all there for me. You know, tell me this, man, because, I mean, one of the things that's amazing anytime I get to catch up with you and being sat here with you is I still remember the first time we met and talking about your story about like dealing with label shit and then having like a second life now. And it's so interesting how that was just roughly a year ago, but you've come so far since. And just hearing you talk about your album the way you did just now, I mean, 
that must surprise you that you're even able to say all these things. Yeah, and especially as a, I think as a new age artist, we 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 are so afraid of albums. We call it mixtapes or playlists. Everyone, nobody wants to put a name behind an album because it's so defining. It's so definitive. If you say you're doing an album, it's like, okay, let's go, let's hear it. And it's a scary thought because doors get shot quite quickly because a lot of people aren't getting the same looks. So essentially, if you drop an album that doesn't do well, people feel like it's the end. People make you feel like it's the end. And it's not true because I see many artists who do exceptionally well. and The album may not have sold well, but it's been so good. So you can either play for respect or you can play for numbers. If you play for respect, you'll always keep getting another chance because people won't even question numbers. People just be like, I was a dope-ass album. Congratulations, let's do another one. So, um, yeah, I think to be in this position and being accepted the challenge of making an album in such a short period of time, and it's just, I only took a few changes, and I always wonder if, what would have happened if I never made those changes. And, um, but I would never know. Just took a few, a few bold steps, and the world let me have what I wanted, so yeah. here we are. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah. Before I let you go, I just have one more question, you know. I wonder, considering the fact that you have this body of work now that you're going to release to the world, I wonder if you feel like there's been a significant shift in how your writing was when it came to Village. Like, mm -hmm. Do you feel like any of the new songs you've written since we last talked ended up shifting the course of the project itself? Because what's interesting when we last talked is Village seemed to be such a like stable idea. Huh. And I think that was like September we talked. And I just imagine like between September to now, maybe a song might have changed something or maybe the project as a whole. Yeah, everything is various. Again, it's not it's not like any every with every project I try to always change the soundscape just because I feel like I'd be bored otherwise. It's um it's definitely taken me on many journeys because the the village is is called it's based off the phrase it takes a village to raise a child. So I've had to like unlearn many things about myself and really tackle issues that I've maybe never been brave enough to talk about like I had to go speak to people I haven't spoken to in years and get closure on issues allowing me subconsciously to now talk about them on records and uh, it's been fun it's been healthy and it's been it's been necessary every turn and there were, there were certain songs that I wrote and that changed everything that that, that because this thing about artists is you always feel the need to sound smarter than you are. Nothing, I, I don't fucking know. I just, you just write these songs and one day it just you just step back from like the canvas and it all makes sense. But while you're doing it, you're not 100% you're not sure this is all going to make sense. And one day you write one song, you write one more, and then it just all kind of writes itself. You're very much a vessel. I don't really know what the fuck is happening. I have an idea, but... I never know until I really step, take a couple steps back from the canvas and I see what we've done. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what happened, really. Just a couple gems here and there, just started making sense of direction and what we wanted to do. And it just kind of wrote itself, in a way. That's beautiful to hear. Well, Jacob, thanks for taking the time. I told you uh, before the recorder, but the last time we talked ended up being like, my favorite talk of the series so far. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure you. this one topped it, so thanks. Thank you. It's thank always you, a pleasure. I appreciate you, Jim. Chasing shadows, but leave you in the cold. Oh, you should dance.